Welcome to the Leadership in Context podcast with Keith Tusi. How much pressure should you allow a hand to put on your bow? Hi, this is Keith Tusi, and welcome to Leadership in Context. I want to follow up on our last time together where I talked about uh, the elements of the arrow and the bow and how they work together and that we're called to be arrows in the hand of a warrior. Uh, the last point I made in the last podcast, and if you didn't get to hear it, maybe it would be worth taking a few minutes and going back and listen to that, is whose hand is on your bow? Uh, in other words, a bow is just a wall ornament unless there's tension or pressure applied to that arrow. And we talked about how that sometimes we run from pressure, and if we run from pressure, then probably the wrong pressure will catch up to us and not the right pressure. But I want to talk about four areas, four hands, let's call them hands, H-A-N-D-S, hands, four hands that uh, must be seriously contemplated as to how much pressure they have on your bow, how much tension, how much direction, how much pressure they are putting on your bow, your bow meaning your life, your life that shoots your arrow, that causes you to hit that mark, I think is uh, is something worth uh, considering. And these are four uh, areas that I think everybody uh, has to understand how much pressure uh, these things are allowed to put on their life, how much tension, and in what way and by what person and by what truth is that tension applied? Let me give you an illustration. The first one would be money or treasure. We all have to deal with money in our life. The richest person and the poorest person think about money, okay? But whose hand on financial matters applies the tension to our life? Is it the great American dream? Is it uh, trying to please or impress somebody else? Is it just, you know, sheer materialistic gain? Is it the heart of a giver? Is it being able to empower people financially? What hand is on your bow and where does that hand come from? Like who is mentoring you financially? What do you look at as truth? I mean, I read financial books, but I'm going to tell you, I've I've learned more about money, honestly, from reading the Bible because it has so many uh, lessons about stewardship in it. Uh, You know, one of my must-read books is you know, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, you know, Kawasaki's book. I, I think it's a great book and it's got kingdom principles. But, you know, God's word has a stronger hand on me uh, th- than that book does. There, there, is, there is truth to those things. And how much pressure is directing? Is it, is it an inordinate amount? Is it an off-balance amount? So, Money is one of those things, the handling of money, the making of money, the spending, the giving, the sharing. And uh, of course, that's one of the reasons in the scripture, giving is such a foundational issue. You cannot be a disciple of Jesus Christ if you're not generous. You can't be. 
because Jesus emptied himself out and gave everything, and he's asked us to do the same thing, okay? And of course, that starts with the tithe. If you struggle with that, that's because somebody else's hand is on your bow and not God's, because it's not the word of God directing you. It's uh, it's something else. It's certainly not that. So number one is, is money, I would say. Uh, and these are not necessarily in order, and there may be a different order for different people's lives. But uh, but number two is sex, okay? This is a true statement. Next to your commitment to Jesus Christ, who you have sexual intimacy with or sexual contact with whatsoever uh, is going to shape your life more than any other decision you make. It's going to affect you more than how much money you make, who you know, what your giftings are, what your education is, where you live. I stand by that statement. That is a true, that is a true statement. And so we've got to be very, very careful as to who we allow to influence our life. And we've got to protect that area of life. We've got to walk in purity in that area of life. But the other side is this. Uh, and that is often, you know, in the world when we talk about sex or even in church when we talk about sex, we think of sex as just being personally gratifying. And that's a wonderful uh, blessing of sex for sure. But the truth is, when you read the scripture, you read 1 Corinthians 7, and you look at uh, marital relationships, which is the only honorable way to have sexual relations according to God, everything else is hijacked and forfeited, that that's the ministry to the other person. In other words, you're putting your hand on their bow. If you're neglecting your spouse that way, you are not putting your hand on their bow. If you're not letting your spouse put your hand on your bow, you're neglecting that. If you're letting somebody or something else, you know, uh, music or or video images or or you know that's the, that's one of the problems of pornography is it just it stays in you. It is it it applies pressure. It applies tension, and it is very very destructive. And when it's doing that, it's knocking somebody else's hand. So having the right hand in your life with that, having the right understanding of your wholeness as a man and a, a man and a woman. And those are the only two genders there are. He made them male and he made them female. And I believe one of the reasons we actually have this term in reality of sexual confusion is in the world, because I don't think the church has done a great job uh, talking about sex other than saying you've got to get married so it can be legal, but really never diving into the greatest degree what it really is. I mean, read the Song of Solomon. <laughs> I mean, it's graphic. It's amazing. It, it, it talks about in, intimacy that is very important. And I would say this, that everybody's bow is bent by sex, okay? But who's doing the pressure? And is it the right amount of pressure? So something to think about. The second thing, or the third thing I would say here is recognition, okay? Uh, recognition. There may be a better word for it, but that's what I have written here in my notes. Uh, being appreciated, maybe even. And uh, I don't know about you, but I, but I, I like to be appreciated. I, I, I enjoy when people appreciate what I do. And I, and I like being around, quite frankly, appreciative, grateful people. 
that just carry themselves. They're just appreciative they got air. They're appreciative that they got breath. They're appreciative that they're saved and they love Jesus. Uh, they're appreciative for the people around them. Uh, they're, they're just appreciative people. That doesn't mean they like everything happening around them, but there's something about them, okay? Uh, that and, and that's very important. But what I'm talking about here is uh, when we seek recognition for what we do, rather than affirmation from God. Uh, you know, when you look at the world and you look at uh, maybe the way some things run and you wonder what drives certain people, uh, well, you could cross the relationships off the list. You could cross intimacy off the list. And, and strangely enough, for many of them, you could even cross money off the list. So what is driving that person? It, it's recognition. And I think one of the, the safest things to be in ministry, uh, especially, is to have your life hid with Christ and God. Jesus became of no reputation. In other words, he did not allow his reputation to determine his obedience. And I think our current church world is in a very delicate place because so much of the last couple decades of ministry have been determining uh, our recognition status by what the world says rather than by what God says. But this applies to every other area of life. And you know what? You'll get tested in this area. You'll do something somebody else will get credit or, or it just won't be mentioned or it could be an oversight. It could even be done intentionally, which, which really stings. But uh, let there be a healthy balance of that, okay, uh, in your life. Make sure you get recognition from the right people in your life. Your bow needs that. You need that tension. But make sure you get it from the right people. And you probably know who those people are. And as long as those people are giving you recognition, life can be great. You know, I tell my wife all the time, you know, she, well, she'll say to me, well, you know, you get a lot of affirmation from a lot of people. I am blessed and I do. And I don't discount that. And I appreciate it. But listen to me. Her words and her affirmation, sorry to say this to you, mean a lot more than yours. It's just truth. I want her fingerprints on my bow. She's the one that bends my bow for me. And uh, I think that's the way, I think it's the way it ought to be. And if it is that way, then you're not playing to the wrong audience. I think it makes you in a very, very safe place. And then the last one I'll put, I just gave you four. You could probably add to this list. But the fourth one is success. And it's not a matter of ch achieving success. Uh, I had somebody say to me years ago that it's not the test of, of achieving success or the testing that takes place in getting success. It's a testing that happens once you achieve success. And we've all seen people that were one way and then they had some success and all of a sudden it seemed to be a character change in their life because they had achieved something. They had, they had achieved money or recognition or affirmation or, or uh, you know, whatever kind of success they were looking for or, or, or measuring. So how do you measure success? What is the determination of that? Like, what is the metric? Remember I talked about in the last podcast about the arrow being straight? Well, what determines success? You know, and it's been pointed out by people that the word success is, you know, only used really in the Bible once or twice. 
the word faithfulness is used very often. Uh, Joshua 1.8 is actually the only verse I can think of that has the word success in it. Uh, that doesn't mean that God doesn't want us to be successful. He's just saying that that's not the end goal. The end goal is to, I think, be faithful. I think when you aren't faithful, you can be successful because being successful is being faithful. <laughs> and, and that's how it works. But you should have a metric. You should have a measuring rod. So how much tension is the wrong kind of success putting on your life? Who's defining what that success is? You know, I think there are going to be some very good people that stand before God and find out they weren't near as successful as they thought they were. I think there are going to be some people that really struggled with their what they perceive to be their lack of success in life when they get to stand before God. I, I think they're going to have uh, the red carpet treatment. Uh, so I think it's important that we really measure that, we remind that because you know what? That hand is on your bow, uh, and make sure it's a godly hand. Make sure it's a biblical hand that's supplying tension to your arrow because, you know, if that bow has the wrong success pressure, that arrow is going to shoot for the wrong target every time. Some things to really think about, aren't they? As, as, I'm, as I'm sharing these things with you, my heart, is, my heart is enlarged not only for me but for you because... These are such important aspects, and they, they really do mark us and make us distinct if we could capture some of these things in our heart and our character and pass them on to the people that we really care about. Hey, I would just encourage you to share this with somebody, you know, uh, post it on your Facebook or like it or, you know, send an email to somebody or, you know, whatever you do with your social media stuff and your friends and share this podcast with them because I'm, I believe that the things I'm sharing with you are definitely nuggets of, of kingdom living that can be blessed uh, other people's lives. Today, Keith continued his discussion on whose hand is on your bow. How much pressure are you allowing the hand of money, sex, recognition, and success to put on your bow? Those hands really do mark us. Whose hand is on your bow? Thanks for listening this week to another episode of Leadership in Context with Keith Tusi. Join us next week as Keith continues to put leadership truths in the context of the local church. As always, subscribe, like, rate, and share our podcast. For show notes or to ask Keith a question, email podcast at inourpastors.com. If you would like more information, you can check out our website, find us on Facebook, or follow us on Instagram at inourpastors. See you next week.